For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. You just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Uh. Welcome back. This is episode 247 of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. Yo! Yo, yo, yo. What up? You're always so awkward when SGR is not on the show. You're well, like, you know, yo, yo, what's up? We've been doing this for five years, you know. You'd think I'd be used to it, though, by now, of him not showing up. Never Guy Rye. Never. Sometimes, Sometimes Guy Rye. So it's about 9.30 on Friday night. Yanks with a rare Friday off day after the field of horrors game last night i like field of uh, nightmares better whatever you want to call it uh if you build it they will lose <laughs> if you build it no matter what fucking state you're in they'll lose unreal so uh before we get into all of that uh please go to patreon.com slash nyyst become a patron of the show be uh, be sure to support the fellows there you will get exclusive uh access to shows and content that you cannot get on the main feed so uh please uh do that support the show there and uh go to apple Podcasts and leave us a a uh, five-star rating review and let us know what you thought of the uh the field of dreams game if uh, you give it a thumbs up thumbs down or uh if it doesn't matter because the yankees lost so there you go i mean obviously you have to you have to analyze the game with with your yankee cap on because it's a game that counts but you take your Yankee cap off, and I mean, could you could MLB have had a better night? I'm glad. Look, let's get into the, let's get into this first. Well, you want to talk about Foist? You want to talk? You want to talk as Yankee fans? You want to talk as baseball fans? I had never seen the movie until uh, Wednesday night. I had never seen the movie because you're a it waste was- of oxygen. Okay, well, That's you're why. a loser. Okay, I can name probably name fifty movies on the top of my head that you should have seen that you haven't seen. Okay. Yeah, but baseball movie? Come on. Look, I I can. It's just everybody's got those gaps, those movie gaps, the movies you know you should have seen that you just never saw. You want to know what mine is? What? Goodfellas. Yeah, exactly. And Goodfellas is like ten times better than Field of Dreams. Well, obviously it is. I mean, I'm not sitting here. Look, I'm not sitting here ripping you, saying that Field of Dreams is the greatest movie ever made. Okay, but as a lifelong baseball fan, it's very rare that you that you find a genuine baseball fan in your life at this point. You're 40 years old and you still I'm haven't 38, f- Dick. It's close enough, and you still hadn't fucking seen Field of Dreams. Am I 38? Am I th- how old am I? You're born in 83, so yeah. I'm gonna be 38. You'll be 38. I'm gonna be 38. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, there's you've seen How I Met Your Mother, right? Of course. Well, there's a reason why Field of Dreams was Robin's go-to bad movie. Shut the fuck up with that line. <laughs> I mean, what a shitty line. And you know what? You're not allowed to do quote anything from How I Met Your Mother. You're such a fraud fan. You fucking ripped that show, too. You have no taste in anything. You have nothing. Look. This look, is the problem look, with I'm you. Gonna, is that- look, I'm going to be honest with you. If I were 40 years old or 38 or turning 38 and I saw Field of Dreams for the first time, it probably wouldn't hit me the same way. 
But you have to understand something. I'm growing up as a young as a young kid who's falling in love with baseball, and I'm sitting down supposedly watching my dad's favorite movie. So I think it hits you a little differently. And I thought your tweet was fucking hilarious, by the way. Did you watch it at your parents' house? The game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would you tweet? You were screaming from the other room that your dad... I said right that... Uh, <laughs> I tweeted that um, every time the uh, somebody on the broadcast said... Uh, talked about having a catch with their dad. I screamed into the other room. I never had a catch with my dad. Your dad shut the door. Your dad shut the door. He's like, quiet down over there, you piece of shit. They didn't seem to care. (laughs) Yeah, no, Well, that was another uh, great story is I literally walked in the door and a giant lightning strike hits and it knocked out the transformer on my block and I had no power in the house. Well, look, you want to talk about the powers of beyond. You you bashed the movie the night before. I didn't bash the movie. You, basically, as a baseball fan, you bashed the movie. This is the problem with and you. you gave that- in, you're pretty much, I, I wanted to call you Marley Rivera, because that's the narrative you threw okay. out there. And then and then you and then you don't expect a fucking lightning strike to blow out a transformer so you can't watch the game. I will you ungrateful watch- prick. This is the problem with you. <laughs> you don't understand what uh, a good versus bad is you're just like all right he didn't give it a 10 so he he hates it here's Uh, my uh, problem with your analysis of the movie and i'm sorry to anyone if we're boring you we're trying to we're trying our best to not talk about the game as much as possible because it's just so horrific i mean it Um, it leads into the game though it does here's the field this is the field of dreams dreams. this is a field of fucking nightmares um listen here's my problem with your takeaway you can rate the movie based on a movie just rating a movie but you also have to rate it as a fan of baseball like james earl jones speech when he talks about this is our pastime ray baseball the way he fucking says baseball makes my fucking makes the hairs on my back stand it's not up. even the best james earl uh jones Fuck baseball you. Movie. you know what <laughs> you are such a worthless human being right now you have to you have to rate that movie not just on a movie level you have to rate it on the story of baseball, what it represented. When it when when Ray Liotta turns around and he, and he says we were going to invite Ty Cobb, but we couldn't stand the son of a bitch when we were alive. Like those those lines are classic baseball lines. Four four and a half out of ten if Ray Liotta's not in it. Oh give, my uh, god! Two full points just for Ray Liotta. Oh my god! <clears throat> I mean, Ray Liotta is great in it. It's like a lot of other movies that are of the genre outside of the baseball stuff. It was kind of stupid. I get look. I have to watch it straight through and see it and get through the boring parts, I guess, because over the years, I've just gone back to the to the classic baseball clips. But I mean, could, would it have been done better if it were now? Probably, except Kevin Costner kind of looks like he's on either on psychedelic drugs or I don't know. He kind of creeped me out when he walked out into the field the other night. But I got to say, MLB, I tweeted this. MLB very rarely, and I think all of us can agree, MLB very rarely nails a big moment. And I thought, top to bottom, MLB fucking nailed this last night. I thought it was a perfect tribute and a perfect just setting and everything to bring into the to the game 
Look, I'm abs- I'm a hundred percent glad that I watched the movie Wednesday night because a lot of that it would have meant nothing it had I had not seen the movie. So I thought being hadn't seen having seen the movie, I thought it was really cool. The players coming through the fucking cornfield was amazing. Uh, the whole intro and everything leading up to first pitch was fucking fantastic. So I mean, you got to give Major League Baseball credit. You do. They nailed it. I mean, uh, as a as a baseball fan, you really couldn't ask for much more than what they gave you last night. The problem is now is we got to talk about this as Yankee fans, as two guys that are rooting for a team that has played the best baseball out of anybody in Major League Baseball since the All-Star game or the trade deadline or whatever it was, and they still are on the outside looking in. So, uh, Can I just say one? I have one critique of the night beyond what happened in the game. I have one critique of the whole thing. Did Kevin Costner throw out the first pitch? I don't remember. No, like they definitely didn't show it, but did he throw it out? Because how do you miss that? How do you miss that moment? That was the only issue I I, had. Look, I had my daughter with me at my mother's house, so I was getting a bottle while this was all going on. Bottle of what? Jack for me, milk (laughs) for her. Uh, So I don't, that's why I didn't see it. So I don't know if it happened or not, but it definitely didn't happen on TV. And, and I think the you, ball he was holding had his speech on it, like his speech notes. It on looked it. like he was reading yes. something off that ball. It yes. did. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if he if he threw it out, how do you? If he threw out the first pitch, how do you not show it? He definitely did. I didn't see it. They didn't televise it. Is it COVID protocol? Who the fuck knows? Well, but, they've been doing. Haven't they been doing first pitch? I don't know. I, I, honestly, I, I guess. Oh, you yeah. mean COVID protocol? I'm sick. I can't play, but I can but sit I on can, the bench and take a picture with my teammates and do in-game interviews. I mean, fuck. But I, at least, at least, like Garrett Cole was there and stuff. But honestly, that was the only critique I had of the night, and it, and everything leading up to it was so good. It didn't really take away from anything. It really didn't. But Kevin, I thought Kevin Costner was going to throw out the first pitch. Unless he just forgot, because he looked like he was in shock. I don't know. He spent like half the game up uh, up in the booth talking to those. Uh, did those, he? Those did dudes. you? Did you catch a clip that he cursed? Did he? I don't like. Apparently, he cursed on live air. I, I missed it. I was home. I was back at my house at that point because the power came back on. And when my daughter's still downstairs with me, I don't have the volume on that loud because I'm mm-hmm. trying to watch the game and watch her. So, uh, I you I miss a lot of stuff that happens on commentary now it's you're probably better off for it um i had wished that i had fallen asleep after john carl stan hit that home run and then it would have been no you wish you fell asleep when it was seven four so then you didn't have to you didn't have to get excited and have your heart broken look this is this is we'll get into this right andrew Heaney. let's get into the game now we don't we don't want this to be super long thing we just we felt like this we had to be a, a standalone game with friday night off uh, we felt like this was, the t- I mean, if the game didn't end at 1130 or whatever it was, we probably would have recorded last night, but, it, <clears throat> but it, we're doing you knew it, it was going to be a long game, national tell nationally televised field of dreams. It actually didn't have a terrible pace leading up. No, to I, the thought end. It, I thought it was a really, f- I mean, really, you got to look at it two ways as a baseball fan. It was a really fun night, really fun game. And even beyond what happened before the game, major league baseball had, one of the best nights they could have ever imagined because not only did you have a riveting, exciting game, you had star players step up and make big plays and hit big home runs in this game. Yeah. So this is 
this is what they wanted and they got it. So I mean, Honestly, good for them. Manfred has here's here's how I here's how I judge people in power when it comes to when it comes to stuff like this. You made a good decision. Now you have to build on it. Right? You have to take notes here. Doing your other shit where you're putting a runner on second in the in extra innings or seven inning double headers, no one goes with it. No one likes it. And that's not going to that's not going to attract a casual fan. If you're a casual fan of baseball last night and you tune into that, I'm telling you right now that is by far the biggest night MLB has had, at least in a regular season. Well, it's the highest rate, highest rating for a regular season game since 2005. And here's how you know it was so successful. I mean, I have I haven't been on social media enough, I guess, to read through. I haven't seen a bad review. I mean, I hadn't seen one person, even people who didn't like the movie say that it was that anything bad about it. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty out there, but the vast majority of people agree that it was just such a great night for baseball. There's got to be something wrong with you mentally if you had anything wrong, if you felt there was anything wrong with the presentation of that game last night. No, it was just so perfectly done. If you thought it was corny, I'm sorry. Normally, I agree with with you if, you know, when... when Get it, corny. (laughs) Corny, cheesy, whatever you want to fucking say. I normally agree with stuff like that when it comes to theatrical moments, but nothing about this was was anything like that. It was just so perfectly done. The timing, everything about it, I really thought was just perfect. You couldn't have a bad thing to say about it. And and then leading up to the game, the only people disgusted at the game are Yankee fans, a true Yankee fans at least. Look, so let's let's get into that part right there because it's kind of we're kind of segueing into that. On so you're you know I'm on Twitter after the game and it's like, well I can't really be mad about nah. uh, about losing this game because it was so much fun. Nah. Uh, excuse excuse me, you're not a you real can't fan. be mad about blowing a game in the ninth inning again. When do we get so complacent with losing as Yankee fans, dude? Now that is the that listen. Let's let's preface by saying that's the vast minority here. Uh, of, of people of any true Yankee fan saying that you're not a true Yankee fan. If you're not disgusted with the ending of that game, we, you, yeah, two things can be true at the same time, right? You can say what a fun experience that was, what a fun presentation that was, but at the end of the day, what overrides your enjoyment of what, of the game last night is that Zach Britton blew the fucking game in the ninth inning. That's all that I take away from what happened yesterday is the Yankees were two outs away from their best win of the year, and he walks the 0-2. No, uh, he they, walks were the an nine, out and they were an out and one strike away. Okay? They were, bro, he was up 0-2 on a nine-hitter and walks him. And you knew, you knew the second he put him on base, it was at least going into extra innings, at the very least. So, no, I take nothing away from the game last night other than the Yankees lost. I don't care. I, they could you. Everybody that listens to the show knows my favorite movie is Rocky. They could have built a fucking game around Rocky, and it could have been the, uh, the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. The Yankees blow the game in the fucking ninth inning. I'm probably burning fucking pictures of Sylvester Stallone in my backyard, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And and here's the here was my biggest issue was that Britain comes out in the ninth and gets a quick out and then throws two quick strikes, and they were good strikes. 
and you're he sitting looked, there, he and, you're looking, up and, and you're sitting there going, "Wow, Britain looks good tonight." I stood up. I always stand up in the ninth inning when it's a close game, and I'm waiting for the final outs to be made, or if the Yankees are up uh, in the ninth and they're down a run or something. I'm always up on my feet. I can't sit still, and I'm standing up, and he gets a second strike on the nine batter. I'm going, "Wow." I I said to myself, and I'll be honest, before Britain came in, I said, I don't like this move. I would have went with Loisica, and I almost tweeted it before the inning started, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to go there because even though I would have went with Loisica, the right move is Britain because Britain is your closer right now, and Britain has to be able to get these outs. So even though I might have went with Loisica, maybe Loisica is the better move. I don't know. The right move, and we talked about this, the right move is Britain. You have to be able to rely on Britain. And so he gets the two strikes, and I'm going, I was wrong. He looks fucking great tonight. He finally looks good. And then he just implodes before you could even get the sentence out of your mouth. Yeah, I I was second-guessing it in my brain because I I thought Loisica was the move. He threw 17 pitches uh, on Monday, and then he didn't pitch. No, he threw 17 pitches on Wednesday, didn't pitch on Tuesday, and then uh, he threw, let's see how many he threw on Monday. Then he threw uh, 22 on Monday. I don't know where that fits. I, I don't know. But, like, Boone, I guess Boone's going with the um, the vet there, and that's his move. It's not but, even that he's going with the vet, though. I think, I think at this point with Chapman on the IL, he's just saying to himself, listen, we talked about blueprints when they're good and bad. And when they're bad is when you have things set up regardless of, you know, regardless of the situation, you have things set up even if they don't make sense. But the good blueprints are when you're up late in a game and you have a certain game plan to get to certain guys. Well, the Yankees didn't get to that because they were down the whole the whole game late in the game. Well, credit Wandy Peralta for stepping Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Absolutely, but at that point in time, the Yankees are saying, regardless, Britain is my closer. And if it were in the eighth inning and they were up, it probably would have been Loisica or Green or the seventh or so on and so forth. Britain's your closer. And again, even if we don't agree with that move, he's got to be relied upon. You have to rely upon Britain. Britain was a closer. Remember this. Okay, so if Britain's the $13 million reliever that we're going to rely upon to be the closer, he's the closer. And it's not Boone's fault, as again, as much as I might have questioned the move before it even happened, it's not Boone's fault that he can't rely on his $13 million reliever to go out there and close a game. Well, it's Boone's fault for putting him on the mound in the first place, if you want to give... But here's the thing, I don't don't agree, because you've got to put him on the mound, Christian. You have to. How are you going to win a World Series without being able to rely on Zach Britton? Well, here's what the issue is, and we were talking about this before... Uh, with Zach Britton, and I think you and Ryan were way off base with the way that you characterized his career. He was a do- not a good, a dominant Elite. closer at one point. Elite. Okay? I wasn't talking about his career before he was a Yankee. Yeah, but even as a Yankee, his numbers are really good. Now, you want to say you don't trust him in certain spots? A lot of and spots. His, and his command hasn't been as good with New York as it was with Baltimore? All fair points, but to to say that he's been some trash reliever is false. It's not true. Of of late, trash. And no, what, this season, yes, absolutely. Let There's me no, you, let me actually let me actually um, defend him a bit. Leading up to this game, other than the Kansas City game where a bunch of guys blew saves, 
Britain was one of them, correct? On Monday, yes. Okay. Other than that game, he had a few outings in a row where he might not have looked the greatest, but he was getting that ground ball double play, and he was getting out of innings, and he didn't give up any runs for a few outings in a row where he started to say, you know what? He doesn't look 100%, but he's still getting those ground balls like you need him to, and maybe he's coming around. Then he has I this just, game where he blows he blows the save against Kansas City, but you're still thinking, I got to rely on this guy. All right, listen to this, right? So 11, 12, and 13, Britain's first three years in the league, starter, failed starter. Uh, he was terrible. 2014, they convert him to the bullpen. Here's his ERAs from 14 to, to uh, 2020. Ready? 165, 192, 054. Probably the, the single greatest season a reliever's ever had in Major League Baseball in 2016. Then 289, 310 when he got traded over here. And remember, he was hurt. He wasn't himself, but still 310 is very respectable. Uh, 191 and last year, 189. So tell me where he's been bad as a reliever. Okay. And this is where I said that stats sometimes don't paint the right picture in both ways. Sometimes stats are inflated where it doesn't reflect how good a guy's been. Well, that's why his career era is inflated at 3-1-2 because of his first three years as a starter. Zach Britton's issue for me is not so much the outcome, I guess, but it's been been at least of late just the can I rely on this guy. And, and 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 my same issue is with Chapman, where until he was dominant in the beginning of this season for a stretch... I just felt like I could never rely on the guy, and I can't feel that way with a guy making th- who's supposed to be that elite. Right, and I don't disagree with you at all, but you can't characterize him that he's been a bag of okay, shit. Okay, so I won't. I won't. But so the problem. But I now said this. Would- Hold on. I said this though, especially for a reliever, especially a guy making that much money. Which I don't like to do the whole he's making this much money because who gives a fuck? You got the point of me bringing up the money is that. The more money you make, the more reliable you have to be. Well, that's the point. And I mean, but like some people, yeah. It. But some people go. Some people say you're making this much money and you're a piece of shit. Like like they like they don't think, uh, like they're mad that it's almost like they're giving up their own money for the guy. Like with Stanton, right? Oh, you make twenty five million dollars. You're you you striking out. Well, don't get mad at him. Get mad at get mad at the fucking ownership. Well, but with yeah. Britain, when I'm talking about money, when it comes to Britain, I'm talking about. Just a guy you need to feel more comfortable with. Like, as shitty as Stanton can be, I still want him in that lineup every day. I still need Stanton out there because I know at any given moment he can fucking blow up a game. But with with Britain, it's like too many times where the game is in your hands as a pitcher, as a reliever late in a game, the game is in your hands and you can't give it up. Like, Stanton could strike out 20 times in a game, but he's got eight other guys around him that can pick him up and win a ball game still. When you're Zach Britton in that position, if you don't get three outs, you're blowing the whole game for your team. And you can't do that time and time again. And so for me, it's like, I need to rely on this guy, and I just haven't been able to. And and that's where my issue comes in when it comes to when it comes to a guy making that much money. And that's why I don't blame Boone last night for trying to rely on him. All right. Well, here's the here's something that we I didn't want to get into because I wanted uh, to get into it on the show here. Uh, can you blame Aaron Boone? Because we don't. And here's what. But maybe even a bigger problem. Do we even know that this is what Zach Britton is now? No. Mm-mm. Is Zach because if Zach Britton is this guy, the Yankees have to 
the Yankees have to move him in the offseason. They can't. I mean, he's 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 just he's unreliable. He's worthless. But look at look at what. And look, I'm not making excuses for the guy. But you have to. You can either just be like some people and just say dumb shit and have people run with it, or you can accurately accept, uh, accurately break down what the problem is here and figure it out and go from there. He had COVID. That set back his his throwing program. Mm-hmm. Then he then he had the elbow injury. Then he came back and had the hamstring injury. Mm. So this guy has not been any has not had anywhere near normal of an off season to a season. Here's so how I, is is this <laughs> is this season a product of all that or is this Zach Britton now? This is what we don't know, but. I mean, if he was doing this coming off a normal offseason, no no COVID, no injuries, and pitching to a six-year-A, yeah, we got a major problem on our hands. That we, we have a guy we definitely can't rely on going forward. But with all that taking place, is he just way behind the eight ball? And the Yankees are like, well, we, you know, Chapman's hurt. Yeah. Uh, Holmes has got COVID. This guy's got fucking COVID. We, we need him out there. Yeah, here's how – and I – look, I – I'm comfortable enough to say that I could be off base with this, but here's how I break down guys who you talked about how elite Britain was, and I'm not going to, I can't argue that. The guy was one of the best relievers in the game for a long time. When I look at elite guys, veterans, I, I see guys as machines, right? Even you want to take a guy like Kluber. They're machines. They have a certain regimen. They stick to it. And when they don't get that kind of work, and when they don't get that kind of preparation, they're not themselves. They're a shell of themselves. And Britain, to me, is one of those guys where he probably would have benefited by taking more time, getting into his rhythm as long as it took before he came up to be reliable again. And given the circumstances, like you just said, it seems as if they had to rush through that, which I don't blame the Yankees for one bit because of the other guys who are either with COVID or injured. But I think that's what you're looking at right here. I'm not quick to give up on Britain just because of that. A spe- Look, if Chapman was pitching the way he was in the beginning of the year, he was still pitching that way, I'd be a lot quicker to give up on Britain. But I can't because there's not much else out there right now that I want to rely on. And, and and I just feel like Britain needs more time, and it's just an unfortunate situation he's been thrown into. Yeah, I mean uh... – I said this a couple of weeks ago that the Yankees are going to have to move on from one of the two of them in the offseason. I mean, really the way the, the season has gone, you can really take your pick of which one, and it, I'm not going to be upset over either one of them. I think if you're especially if the Yankees are going to be set on this luxury tax again next year, you can't have both these guys in the bullpen still. There's just no way you can do it. And especially with the way they both pitched this year, you can't, if they were pitching at elite levels, you can make the argument that it's worth it to keep their salaries on this team. But sure. they haven't this year. Sure. And so you're just going to have to pick your poison of which guy you want to keep. And look, how many years are you going to have the same guys making the same money and and falling short of a World Series time and time again? I mean, I'm pretty sure Chapman's a free agent after 2022. Is. After and 22. I think, and I think Britain has one more year. Because they resigned him in nineteen, it was a four-year deal. I just they picked up. 
do you understand, like, option. if the Yankees won a World Series in the last couple of years and now they're starting to falter a little bit, maybe you have a little more patience, but it's like I'm allotting so much money into the back end of my bullpen. If I'm not getting enough to win a World Series at this point, I really have to reassess how I'm spending that money and who's really worth it to keep here. Right, because you know what? As much as you love Loisica, and I, and I mean, he's really grown on me too this year. He's been really good. I still don't fully trust him either. He's not there yet. And and to take, no. I know people are like Giants and Lewis is a good closer. Okay, to me, he's not there yet. The Yankees don't have a better option to me than a role as Chapman right now. Yeah, I mean, I know Chapman's hurt, but everybody healthy. I really don't think they have a better option than going to Chapman right now. You want to give it? You want to give him the closer job in twenty two? Okay, I can run with that. Maybe after he had a real, because after he's had this one real good season and you want to make it, but I don't think you're going to go down the stretch with Loisica as your full. No. Well, here's, here's what you really have to have to look at when it comes to Loisica. You have to remember as good as he's been this year, he was really in the big moments in the postseason last year. He wasn't that good when they relied on him. He just wasn't that good last postseason. So you hope, you hope you make it back to the post. Maybe I think in a 2019, but you gotta, you gotta hope you make it back and you hope that you can, bring Loisica out in the seventh or eighth inning and you hope that he stays dominant. And then maybe you can start trusting him more. But when it comes to, when it comes to like Britain and Chapman and everything, you have to look at it from a GM perspective also. And you got to imagine that there's plenty of teams out there looking at Britain, thinking the same way we are that he's just kind of a shell of himself. He hasn't been able to really go through his preparation properly. And he still has enough in the tank where he has a lot of value. And you have to imagine that there's pl- plenty of teams also out there with Chapman that say, look, a few different things. I think we could fix him to be the guy he once was. He's got that nasty slider, splitter, whatever the hell he's throwing now, and that they that he still has value too. So there's just a couple different things that you can really look at and say, if I'm going to trade them, they still have the value there right now. But how much longer will that be true? Well, Chapman, I think it'll be easier to trade because he's on the last year of his deal and a team going for it next year might look at that and say, I'll take one year of a role as Chapman to make a run for this thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But like, and then you look at a guy like Albert Abreu who reminds me of where Loisica was two or three years ago, where you see the natural stuff there. The guy just couldn't control it. And now you've seen a natural progression with Loisica where he's been one of the better relievers in the league this year. And you hope that Abreu can, can start taking that next step or two. And you got to remember even, you know, Clay Holmes is another guy who, I mean, you know, latest COVID guy, right. But he comes over here and you start to see the glimpses of what uh, the Yankees thought they were getting when they traded for him. He's a guy under control. So there's pieces in this bullpen where you can go out there and make a deal for uh, I think you could and, really I think you could argue your point that Chapman is more valuable than Britain just based on the fact that we've seen Chapman at his best and at his worst when he wasn't injured apparently at the time and he just looked like a mess and and how many times have we seen him in the postseason give up the big hit when you need to rely on your closer at least with Britain you can say look the guy's been hurt he's got to get healthy he's got to get back into his into his rhythm but I feel like there's just more hope for for Britain for a team than there is Chapman. Chapman's just so inconsistent and unreliable when it he's just a he's just a train wreck. 
the thing with Britain is you're not going to when Brit if you're going to lose a game with Britain nine times out of ten you're not losing it like you lost last night with a home run. He doesn't give up. He home doesn't runs. give up home runs. No. So you feel comfortable in the sense that at least even if he's going to walk a guy that he can induce a ground ball somewhere. Mm, he yeah. left the ball up to a really good hitter really last good night. Really good hitter. And and they lost. But look at what happened the day before. The he had the game done and uh they botched the game ending double play. Turns around next batter to a really dangerous hitter. He get and he gets a double play ball. So I mean, you've seen the good and the bad of Zach Britton in in a span of 24 hours there. Mm. But couple other things from this game last night. Uh, the Andrew Heaney experiments over. Uh, I don't think we, I mean, I, I personally think we'll see him at least once more through the rotation, uh, but I don't care if we ever do or not it again. It kind of sucks because how good is that curveball when he's on? That's the thing, though. He loses it so quickly. Can you, can you keep, well, obviously you're not just going to get rid of Heaney, are you? I mean, they can stick him in the bullpen. Why not? If you can bring him in for a couple, for a few batters with that curveball, he's definitely more effective in his second or third inning than he is past the the first time around the. I wouldn't. T- the I wouldn't lineup. put him in. I wouldn't put him in a game. I'm trying to win, though. No, but you know what? He's not a bad. He's not a bad guy to bring in when it's like a five three game that you're down, and you just need him for a few outs. You know, he's really not terrible in that situation. Maybe bottom oh, of the lineup. He's 15 innings for the Yankees, and he's allowed 15 runs. <laughs> That's terrible. So. That's terrible. But again, last night, I know people were getting on Boone, you know, when it was uh, they took the lead after Judge hit the three-run home run. The White Sox came back. They wanted Heaney out of the game. I mean, we're at a point now also, I mean, what do you want Aaron Boone to do? He can't. He can't be in the bullpen in the third inning of that. You just game. had two bullpen games in a row. You had a bullpen game on Wednesday. Nestor Cortez Jr., who is not known for going deep in the games, they had an eleven inning game the day before. Uh, Saturday with the previous Saturday was a bullpen game. I mean, what do you want Boone to do? You you can't be taxing his bullpen like that. He needs just got to eat it at that point. He got him into the fifth. Peralta comes in, settles it down, and allows the Yankees to make the comeback. I mean, that's kind of what you want in a situation like that. There's got to be times when we when we put it on the players, and you have to say that given Heaney had to start that game and given the seven runs that he gave up, that this team had, had each other's backs. They took the lead, and at the end of the day, it comes down to one man, and that man didn't do his job. And that's not Aaron Boone. I'm sorry. Again, did I question the move? Yes. Did I question other moves? Yes. But at the end of the day, they had an opportunity to win that game, and they handed it to a guy making $13 million who's supposed to be able to get three outs in that situation, and, and he Luke couldn't. Voigt, Luke Voigt is terrible. <laughs> Luke Voigt's not that good. Um, but, that, but the thing about Heaney that cracks me up is, you know, all week leading up to this game, uh, I can't believe the Yankees would start Andrew Heaney in the Field of Dreams game. How could they do that? What else are they going to do? What exactly? Like, if you're mad that our only option is Andrew Heaney, I get it. Like, I don't want Andrew Heaney to be the only option the Yankees Look, haven't started. Write a, game. a letter to Manfred and tell but, him you're pissed off. But if you're mad at the Yankees, because what did you want them to do? Start Jameson Tyone on three days rest? To, well, just because it's the Field of Dreams game? Yeah, I mean, you got to understand something. It's a, it. This is what fans got to understand here. The people that were complaining about this. Yeah, it's the Field of Dreams game. It's a national televised game. It's a special event. 
but the Yankees can't treat it like it's the wild card game and they have to win the game at all costs. It's game 114, and Andrew Heaney's turned to pitch. That's why he's here, man. He's Look, Andrew Heaney's here to, to eat innings and hopefully get you through maybe four, five, six innings of five-run baseball. It's not pretty, but he's here to do that, and he, and he couldn't even get that done. So, again, I mean, you, you want to be upset that he's pitching just on an arbitrarial type, you know, anger level? Fine. Yeah, was it? did it suck? Sure. Does anyone want to see Andrew Heaney pitch that game? Absolutely not. We're not. We're not. We're not. You know, arguing with you that that we wanted to see him pitch. It's a matter of what else do you want this team to do? And at some point, you got to just take it for what it is and say, "This guy's a major league baseball player. He's got to go out there and at least do the job he's here to do, which isn't asking much." I mean, if if you went to work, if you if you were a salesman. And, you know, you sold whatever the hell you wanted to sell and you had to sell, you know, two two of whatever item you're selling a week and when everyone else is selling 10, right? And you can't even sell two. You're just a, you're a waste at that point. And, and, and that's pretty much what Heaney proved he is. He's just a waste of space at this point because he can't even do the job that's being asked of him, which is not difficult. Well, uh, we'll move off Heaney with this. Somebody on social media told me last night that he would have pulled uh, Heaney in the third inning and brought in Nick Nelson. Oh, Jesus God. I, I mean, I mean, if that's what you want to do, I you win the argument because I, I'm not going to. <laughs> I really don't have anything to say. I to know that. it's a field of dreams game and it's a lot of fiction and, and you know, extra uh, terrestrial, whatever the fuck you want to call it, paranormal, whatever. But I promise you, just because it's a Field of Dreams game does not mean that Nick Nelson gets some special powers where he's a competent pitcher. I mean, do we forget how terrible he was? Do we forget how much we wished he just would never be seen on a Major League Baseball field ever again? And now we just would go to him because we don't like the product on the field being put out there instead of him? I mean, come on. A couple other things I want to touch on from the game last night. Uh, love that Aaron Judge walked the fuck up. That was awesome. Two home, two like, home runs. Yesterday. If you wanted one Yankee to 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 fucking bomb a couple pitches, it was Aaron Judge, and he and he showed up last night. Yeah, I was reading somewhere. Somebody said they they think they used juice bowls in that game. I was thinking wanted, too that they wanted the um, they wanted home runs in that. You know, game, I was but. thinking that too, and I don't. I just don't want to believe that that's true because I, how are we getting to a point where we're just, you know, you texted it a couple times this week that MLB is just kind of go, making the rules up as they go. Yeah. Why did it, why did the Yankees have a 27th man for the game last night? And why did the Mets all of a sudden, just because they were playing a suspended game, the next game is going to be seven innings. I mean, and they ended up not even playing that, correct? Because the weather yeah, got bad yeah, again, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's like, you're right. They're kind of making the rules up as they go along. And now I have to believe that those were juice balls again because you saw it coming off their bat. Now, maybe is the air different in Iowa? Uh, I don't know. It's the oxygen coming off the corn. <laughs> I mean, is it maybe? But, like, you can't sit here and at least not wonder if they're using juice balls again. And if that's the case, I'm just not okay with it. Either go with the juice balls or don't. But you can't fuck around now. Like, you can't be going back and forth. And don't tell me in the postseason you're going to switch the balls again. This is not fair. 
It's just not a game at that point. It's just All a right, fucking. The, it's just. And the pitchers can use sticky stuff then. Uh, yeah, fine. Fine, but like stay consistent. You're not even staying consistent at all. You're not even trying to stay consistent anymore, is the issue. But I love that Judge had a big game last night, two home runs, because we've been waiting for him to kind of wake up and have a game like that. Uh, I'm. I'm very excited that Guardy got a home run in that game. I thought that was yes. pretty cool. Uh, and then Stanton, man, I'm glad that he was able to have that clutch moment. And he as well. was pumped. And you know what? That just takes... he didn't really he didn't know where the ball was. No. It, was it was kind of a line drive. Yeah, and, uh, there was a couple the, line the, drive homers. There, that was a short fence out there. You know, I thought about that too. What makes it so much worse that Britain blew that game is not just that the Yankees put an L up. Right, it's not just that they put another one in the lost column. It's that you have a team all year just you know falling dead and just you know it's a 7-4 game. 9 times out of 10 at least this season, you're just not expecting the Yankees to do anything. And this team finally wakes up, especially after the 7th and 8th innings, right. they left five runners on base. Right. And then they wake up and and with two outs, this team finds a way back. This team is amped up. The heart is the heart of this team has never been pumping stronger all season. You got to go out there and get three fucking outs. You have to bull your neck and do whatever it takes to get those three outs. If you got to walk up to the mound and punch Tim Anderson in the face, you got to do that. You fucking punch him right in his fucking face. Look, and this is another thing I didn't get. This was a narrative on Twitter last night. I just wish they would have lost seven to four. I don't. Because how many times have we seen this throughout this year and even previous postseasons? This team falls down and they're just lifeless and fucking dead and they have no heart and no fight. They battled and they came back in that fucking game. So I'll t- I'll take the pain of Zach Britton blowing that game over the alternative of just watching a lifeless dead team wither away in, in a cornfield. Yeah, because how... How contagious is it, especially with the Yankees, when this when this offense dies and just falls down and doesn't come back and show any fight? How contagious is that for for games for for big stretches? So if I'm going to take a loss, which I don't want to take regardless, I'm going to take it on Britain being an incompetent piece of garbage last night, rather than this team just being lifeless at the end of the game and not finding a way back against a guy who's been very successful. You know, I I mean, I'll take that any day of the week as painful as it was. Yeah. I mean, you can't, that's such a defeatist attitude. Like, Oh, I would rather lose. I get it. I get it. I don't, I get get it. it. It's the heartbreak. It's not a real, it's not a real assessment. It's the heartbreak of it. How many times have we said it that we just wish they would have fucking lost instead of broke our hearts again. But in a season like this, I get where you're coming from, where it's like, no, I need to see this offense show heart. As it, No matter what the outcome is, I need to see this offense fight. I really do. So maybe now you feel a little bit better when they're down late in the game that they have the, they've shown. And Liam Hendricks is not, a, is not a bum. He's not a bum. No, he's by no means a bum. Uh, <clears throat> so... Again, I mean, if you want a great as a baseball fan, you give Major League Baseball an A plus. As a Yankee fan, I hope they burnt the fucking cornfield down last Absolutely. night. Absolutely, but but hope, you're right. Uh, as a baseball fan, very how many times can honestly can you count the times where Major League Baseball has done something where you say A plus? And Lucas Lickie is the biggest asshole on the team, by the way. Why? 
because Zach Britton got lost in the cornfield before the game, and apparently Licky was the one that helped them get out of the cornfield. <laughs> so we can blame Licky. Everyone wants to blame someone. Uh, so we'll look ahead here. Uh, unless you got anything else you want to touch nah, on nah, the I'm game. Um, we'll look ahead here. The Yankees are going to close out the series with the Chicago White Sox. Now they're back in Chicago. Uh, and that's another thing that sucks, man, is that this is not – the White Sox are a really good team, and you had a chance to take the first game of the series mm. where you, you need to just continue to win series. I mean, think about it. Like, the Yankees have played how well over the course of the last three, four weeks. They haven't caught anybody. Toronto doesn't lose. The fucking A's have now opened up a four-game lead in the top wild card. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Tamp- Tampa doesn't fucking lose. I mean, the Red Sox are now playing a fucking Patsy team. I think they're playing the the, the Orioles now, right? Mm. Are they playing the Orioles now? I know they just did, didn't they? No, they were they played Tampa. They lost the series there. Uh, the Rays are playing the Twins, so that means yeah, the um, the uh, Red Sox are winning eight one as we're recording here over the Orioles. So by I the mean, way. like you can't you can't even what you were gonna say something? No, I was just gonna say, by the way, I know the White Sox are having a very good year and I'm not taking anything away from them. I think they're playing a I think they're playing three years, two years ahead of schedule and good for them. But have you looked at who's not who's second in the in the American League Central right now? Have no, you I looked? Haven't. Who is it? Take a look. I want you to look. I want a raw reaction here. I want a blind reaction. Fucking Indians. Oh, the Indians are now? As of last yeah. night, as of last night, it was the Detroit Tigers. Well, they lost in the Indian. Well, the Indians actually have a three game lead over the Tigers. It must have been the percentage points that it was uh, the percentage points, but regardless. But the, look, you, you look, you want to say whatever you want to say about AJ Hinch because of what happened in, in, in Houston. He's done a really good job in Detroit. He's got that team playing really well. For them to be forty, uh, to be fifty, to be four games under five hundred. Look, four games under season. Four games under five hundred at this point in the season for the D- Detroit Tigers is pretty much being a few games over five hundred. I mean, if you're looking at that, when the Yankees were only like two games over five hundred, and you're looking at the Detroit Tigers and where each team should be respectively, they're almost better than the Yankees at that point. But as of last night. As of last night, I looked at the standings, and Detroit was second in the AL Central. But again, so the Orioles aren't not taken away the from the White Sox. They're a good team. The Orioles aren't going to give the Yankees any help tonight. The Twins aren't going to give the Yankees any help tonight. Uh, the Rangers are leading the A's, uh, but they suck too, so who knows if they'll give the Yankees any help tonight. Um, so the Yankees, they keep winning, but they're they're not they're not separating from anybody, which is getting frustrating because you and I both know they're going to hit another dip here soon. Yeah, it's just it's just the law of averages, uh, and it might be this series because it's going to be Dylan Cease against Jamison Tyone Sun uh, Saturday night. That's a seven ten game, and then it's going to be Cortez against Giolito. That's two ten on Sunday. And I'll just say this quickly. You've, you're starting to see the the bloom wear off the rose on Cortez a little bit here in his last couple starts, which is what happened in 2019. People forget he was here in 2019. Green opener, him, bulk guy, worked really well for a large chunk of the season. Then because he only throws fucking 89, uh, it caught up to him. The Yankees DFA'd him and dumped him in their fucking landfill in Seattle. And here's one more thing, one more point I want to make before we wrap up. 
I feel much more comfortable chasing a wild card spot when it's when it's knocking the Oakland A's out, and not that I have to chase the Boston Red Sox, because as over their heads as they played for the most of the season, and now coming back down to earth a bit, I still just see that team as more of a powerhouse than the A's. And so to, to be looking up and having to catch the, the Red Sox and think that we're going we're gonna to just put them away, ah, man, uh, to let the A's get away with this and, and to now be four games up is just, it's tough the to swallow. The are in Oakland the final weekend of August. They just made that Sunday game in Sunday Night Baseball. That's going to be a huge series. Well, the Yankees have got to clip a little bit here. They got to get within two going into that series, I would say. They're four behind them right now. Uh, they're going to play Boston three this week uh, with a doubleheader on Tuesday. I mean, we'll get into all that when we, we'll we we'll be back Sunday night for our regular show uh, to wrap up the Chicago series. And, um, you know, the Yankees will be back home on Monday for two, two makeup games. They'll have a makeup game on Monday with Anaheim, and then they'll – make up one with the doubleheader against Boston on Tuesday. So again, it's, it's just, I mean, it's just the law of averages, man. You, you're just waiting for them to kind of cool down a little bit. And the fact that they haven't separated from anybody is, is really scary right now It is because if they lose two or three games in a row, it could, it could theoretically end the season right now. Absolutely. So, uh, but <clears throat> You know, we'll just keep hoping for the best here. Hope the Yankees can right the ship, get these last two games in Chicago, and we'll be back Sunday night to talk about it. And uh, we want you to head over to patreon.com slash NYYST and become a patron of the show. Get exclusive uh, content that you can't get here on the main feed and uh, help support the fellows. And please go to uh, Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review, drive us up the charts there. Um, and uh, follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. We thank you very much for listening to the episode and your continued support of the show. Uh, Chris, say goodbye. Uh.